0: The following is a Northern State podcasting production. It's time for the podcast that promises to catch you up on all the news and notes from the Seattle sports scene in 40 minutes or less. It's time for Rain City Sports. Okay, welcome back to Rain City Sports. I am your host, Jared Johnson. Excited to be finally back, back in town. Uh, I was out of town for the last couple weeks, um, went to Hawaii for a little vacation, and then came back for about, I don't know, five hours, and then turned around and headed to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, as my wife had to work over there for the week. So uh, I just hung out there, visited my brother who lives over there, and i um, kind of just hung out and played some golf at Coeur d'Alene Resort. Uh beautiful, beautiful place. Um one of my favorite places th- I'd say. Um, and yeah, that I mean like I play a lot of golf, which I haven't really mentioned on the podcast before, but um I uh I, I play a lot while I travel and stuff and uh so that course is gorgeous. Um, it is, it is top of the line for sure. Um, I appreciate, uh, how they treat everybody and, and they had, a they they could get a caddy there. Uh, mine was Tristan and he was a beast. Um, he was, he knew all the yardages and everything pretty well. Um, and he just seemed like a pretty nice guy. So, uh, shout out to them. Uh, if you if you ever are in this area or you you know are looking for some place to have a good weekend um Coeur resort really cool so anyways on to sports um it's been a big week a big 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 couple weeks um the draft happened so we'll talk about that a bunch on this episode uh kind of go pick by pick and see tell you what i've heard about all these players i guess so far um Heard or read about. Um, we'll we'll talk more about Doug Baldwin possibly retiring. Um, some about potential free agents the Seahawks still might um, covet, I guess, going forward. Uh, we'll get into the Mariners, who are uh, I don't want to say stumbling, but they're they're kind of treading water, I'd say, right now. Um, and then we'll we'll do a little bit of uh, a little bit of NBA news. Um, not really big-time news, but kind of cool news. Um, so with that without, without all that said, let's get into it. Okay, so the Seahawks. Uh, the draft happened last weekend, or last week, going into last weekend. Um, the Seahawks made a big move leading up to the draft by trading Frank Clark, to the Kansas City Chiefs for the 29th pick in the draft. Um, they also got a second for next year, and they swapped third picks, third round picks for this draft that we just had. Um, it was a big time trade, I'd say, um, and and it wasn't that much of a shock to me. Um, originally, I thought they would bring back bring back Frank Clark, but as it went along, um, and once Demarcus Lawrence got his twenty-one million or whatever from the Cowboys, I started to wonder. There's no way they wanted to pay him that much. Um, I just don't think he was. I mean, he's a great player, but I don't think he's that kind of player. So uh, it's not a super shock for me that they traded him, and and I think they got a good haul for him, really. Um, so they had the twenty-first overall pick and the 29th overall pick in the first round. Um, and as as always with the Seahawks, uh, they traded back. They traded back several times throughout the draft. Went from four picks to start to eleven. Um, and I think the four picks the four picks was before even the Frank Clark trade. Um, but they went from four picks to eleven picks, and it, and really like I I love what they did for the most part. I mean, I feel like. The Seahawks are a team that drafts. Um, they draft guys that they really like, but they also draft. They try to draft as many of those guys as they can because they feel like uh, not all of them are going to hit. And that's just. I think that's just the NFL in general, and the NFL draft, and really any draft. If you could hit as many times as you can, just just try to get as many picks as you can. Um, someone's going to hit or guys are going to hit, you know? So like the Seahawks have had a lot more success obviously in the past in the later rounds. And that's because they have a lot of late round picks most of the time this year, a little bit of an exception, at least at the beginning, obviously in the end they did, but they always trade back. They always get more picks. So, so they traded back in the first round, um, a couple different times, but they finally made their selection at 29th overall, and they selected L.J. Collier, uh, defensive end out of TCU. Um, from what I've seen about this guy, and actually heard from him himself on 710 ESPN, um, he's a pretty he's a, he's a pretty uh, comes from a small town in Texas, and he's a pretty big guy, um, kind of a versatile inside-out rusher um he's he's pretty tough he's he's a strong guy he's kind of compares to michael bennett i'd say in his skill sets in a way um maybe a little bigger than michael bennett um but had a pass rush percentage of 19.7 which is pretty good i feel like um so he looks pretty good tcu obviously is a big time defensive school at least recently in recent years um so he looks like he could be a good player. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe he was more of a second-round pick. Uh, I don't really worry about those things because the Seahawks always pick guys that are supposedly going to be later picks. Uh, and, and if the Seahawks like him, then I'm good with it because they know a lot more about it than me or about more than, I'd say, the draft analysts. Because if the draft analysts were that good, no offense to them, but they'd be, they'd be on a team. There'd be a team paying them more than ESPN or, you know, whatever um, network to to be a draft, you know, scout or whatever. So um, then the Seahawks made some more trades, so they didn't pick a second time in the first round. Um, but in the second round, they had two picks in the end. Uh, they first with the 47th overall pick. They took Marquise Blair, a safety out of Utah. And this is one of the guys that uh, Brock Heward, if you've listened to 710 at ESPN um, ever or lately, uh, he really, really thought the CX would love him. Um, He was one of the guys that he thought they'd get out of the draft with. Uh, He's a... He's a big time hammer kind of hard hitter kind of guy, fast. Kind of a, I'd say a mini Cam Chancellor, but maybe with a mix of a um, little bit of Earl Thomas because he he's got a little bit of sideline to sideline speed more so than Cam say. Um, but he uh, he's supposed to he's supposed to be a good tackler. He needs some work on his coverage skills, um, but he's a hard hitter. He's a guy that can bring the punch. Um, back to the defense not that they completely lost it but you know they're not as they're not as uh, feared as they months once, once were um so i thought it was a good pick i know this is another one where they said they people said he could probably get him around a later but uh you know like, like i said the seahawks they know what they're doing they're not they're not they're not just basing these things on you know randomness or you know whatever if you like the guy get him so the seahawks didn't actually have a second a later second round pick at this point if i remember right and then they traded back into the second round with the very last pick i think in the second round number 64 overall to select a guy who many people had had in the top 10 um so DK Metcalf, um, in the second round, he, uh, is a big guy, freak, um, freak athletically, I think, um, from everything I've heard about him and seen, if you've seen any pictures of him, it's pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. Uh, he's pretty beastly and like the, his meeting with Pete Carroll originally, um, if you've seen that online at all, um, he took off his he met him with his shirt off and and Pete Carroll took his shirt off also uh and it was just pretty funny <laughs> but uh yeah he he ran a four three three forty at the combine really had a, some really good um numbers from a lot of different things um he'd played at Ole old miss um but I don't think they used him too well. Um, he didn't have huge stats by any means. Um, he also was injured part of last year. Um, so, uh, that kind of probably helped or, you know, contributed to his dropping. Um, but he's a physical guy, uh, needs some more development and his routes is what most people say. Although, uh, now recording this, we just had rookie minicamp, and Pete Carroll came out and said that, uh, he felt like he's a lot better a route runner than they gave him credit for beforehand. So, uh, and everything I've heard, he said they say he's a, he's, a, he's he loves football. He's a, and he's a hard worker and he's very smart. So that all sounds really nice. Um, I think that uh, the other thing I was going to mention about him is that uh, I think they'll he, he I, I I tweeted a video um, last week um, of. Uh, scout or I don't know who he is but a guy who like goes in very deep detail about comparing him to uh, Megatron Calvin Johnson um, and has highlights and all these things together and shows like them running next to each other and all kinds of things so uh, you can check that out on my Twitter at Rain City Sports or underscore Rain City Sports sorry about that but then in the third round the Seahawks came back and took a linebacker, Cody Barton, out of Utah. Um, he's a, everything I've heard about him is that he's a tackling machine, can play all three linebacker positions, uh, very instinctive, can can uh, play the whole field pretty um, pretty well. So speedy, I guess not super speedy, but um, and then uh, looking at some of the. Um, some of the guys that I trust most, Rob Rang, um, he he said he's a great blend of size, speed, and instincts, um, and maybe needs a little bit of work with the coverage on the coverage aspect of um, being a linebacker. But uh, but from what I heard, even just in the rookie meeting camp, he sounds like he's he's like a you know pretty. It's pretty um, ready to go, I'd say. Or uh, you know, he still has obviously any rookie has stuff to learn, but he's uh he. He sounds like he can play right away if he if he needed to. So that's kind of cool. Um, what that means for uh, last year's linebacker, uh, I don't know yet. And, and not to mention, I feel like also just not knowing what. Uh, is going to happen in the court case of the of the Seahawks linebacker which escapes my name right now but escapes my head I guess um that will that will kind of tell that also whether he gets to play a lot I think all these guys everybody who they drafted um, will be special teams guys if they're on the team so so in the 4th round the Seahawks at pick 120 took Gary Jennings a wide receiver out of West Virginia he's 6-1 He's a pretty fast guy. Um, he's more of a slot guy than, but with some home run threat, I guess, uh, from what I've read about him. Uh, he's he's <clears throat> got very sticky hands. Um, with his, his catch rate was over seventy five percent, which is pretty good. Um, the funny thing about him and DK to me was that they were ranked number two. So Gary Jennings was number two. And DK was number one as Beth, Beth, best wide receiver athletes um, in the draft. So they had the highest, um, I think, spark rating, which is a rating to uh, – it's basically a number that it has a whole bunch of things put into it, but it's for like to determine the athletic – basically, or athletic ability – it's it's confusing. But anyways, uh from what I've heard about Gary Jennings, he is um, sort of Doug Baldwin-ish, but not quite. <laughs> um, not like but bigger. He's a little taller, he's a little bigger, um, and maybe a little speedier, but he's but as far as like catching and like um, more of a possession guy, I would say. Um yeah, so he didn't play in the rookie mini camp because he's been injured, or he is injured, I guess. Um, so, didn't get to see or didn't get to hear much about him this weekend, but uh, we'll see going forward. Um, and then in the fourth round, the Seahawks took Phil Haynes, guard out of Wake Forest. He's a big guy, 6'4, 322, um, more of a run blocker. Um, kind of actually in the line of a DJ Fluker to me um, but on the other hand he's much faster than DJ Fluker a lot more um he can move pretty well um, which DJ Fluker maybe could have done when he was younger and as he's gotten older and beat up a little more he hasn't really uh he hasn't isn't able to move as well but <clears throat> uh, this guy was a four year starter. Uh, he's durable. Played every, you know, played most of the games, uh, and he's a, and supposedly he's a leader. So that's really cool. Um, I think could be could be could be a person that you know that either probably replaces, I would assume, Fluker or. Uh, good lord, man! Names are escaping me today, but or the other guard that they just signed from the Forty ers or from Arizona. Jeez, um, but anyways, so then later on in the fourth round, uh, with pick one thirty-two, they took Ugo Amadi, uh, cornerback out of Oregon. Um, he's actually listed as a free safety for the Seahawks, but he can um, he can also play corner. Um, and that, everybody said he's probably a slot corner because he's I think five ten. Uh, But he's tough and instinctive, great special teams guy, pretty versatile, and he plays the deep ball really well from what I've heard. Um, And they're probably going to kind of mix and match him where they need him, I guess, for this first, at least for this year. Um, I kind of hope he's a slot guy and that he can replace uh, Coleman. Coleman? God damn it. Anyways... (laughs) This is turning into a mess. Obviously, uh, can't remember any of the names right now of any Seahawk player. I don't know why. But then, in the fifth round, the Seahawks went home and they took Ben Bur Ben Berkirvin from the UW linebacker. Uh, this guy's an undersized guy, uh, but he's very instinctive and he he makes a he's a great tackling guy. Another one who's great in space. Um he he he's all over the field for the huskies if you've watched them at all the last few years um great great football i q another special teams guy also um potentially you know could be a starter someday down the road um basically from what i saw about the rookie mini camp him and uh him and their earlier pick cody barton uh both like were two of the standouts i'd say um based on what carol said just I think from their preparedness or their um, how like how ready they are, I guess, Um, how uh, you know developed, I guess, would be another word that they that he kind of maybe used, or that's kind of what he was explaining. Um, But so that I mean, he looks like he could be a guy for definitely for special teams right away. I think he can be you know going on right away um, then in the sixth round the Seahawks uh, traded I think they traded a pick and they got Travis and they ended up picking 204 um, they picked Travis Homer running back out of Miami uh, he's a small guy kind of a third down more running back but he's good at pass protection and he's a pretty tough runner like I saw some highlights of him and he he uh, he hits people. So that's kind of cool. Um, kind of a guy that can replace uh, replace some of the running backs we've lost <clears throat> or possibly even like C.J. Proseis who can't stay healthy or uh, D.J. McKisson. Um, and then in the sixth round again, a couple picks later, they at 2.09, they took Demarcus Christmas out of Florida State. Um everybody says he was just a log jam kind of guy. Um, or that's what I've heard, uh, that he kind of just filled up the middle for for the Florida State um, Seminoles. Uh, so more of a run stuffer, big body upper body, big big power on his upper body, I guess. Um, but has some has some pass rush like up the middle uh potential, I'd say. <laughs> um we'll kind of see going forward rookie minicamp is not good for basically any positions that are not, um, wide receivers or, you know, skill positions because you're not allowed to have much contact and even, in, even like cornerbacks and stuff, they're not allowed to play the ball. So, uh, yeah. So didn't hear much about him during the mini camps. I did see a video of him running some drills, but, uh, yeah. So then, with the final pick in the draft for the Seahawks, uh, they traded back into the draft. I think gave up a pick for next year, um, which is the only pick I think they gave up for next year, which is really cool. Um, they picked John Ursula, wide receiver out of Oregon, with the 236th pick in the seventh round. Um, a lot of people say he's so he's a little older. First off, I think he's 25. Or he's turning 25 years soon, um, but he um, is very. His skill set is very close to Doug Baldwin's. During the draft, um, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, there was some news about Doug Baldwin. So uh, then the Seahawks started drafting wide receivers. I guess after that, uh, I knew they. Were, I mean, they would have drafted one anyways. I'm pretty sure, but uh, this guy. John Ursula, uh, sticky hands, good yard after catchability. Um has the potential to make an impact early on, um, because he's a little older and maybe more, you know, mature and developed. Um but overall I, I loved what they did. I loved uh all these picks. I felt like were pretty solid picks. I mean, I, I from what I've heard, obviously you go into the draft every year and you don't know. Like, you have some names that you've seen in the mock draft, but that doesn't really mean much because uh, the Seahawks probably won't pick any of those guys. <laughs> and also because uh, if you haven't watched them play, it's really, it's just tough. To and not to mention, even then, once they get to the pros, it's a whole different ballgame. So, uh, you know, all these guys are wait and see. You can all be, we can be excited about them for now and hope that uh, we see more. Hopefully we see something, you know, some of these guys pop and the Seahawks can continue on their buildup. Um, so, during the draft, uh, I think it was um, Adam, I don't know, one of the ESPN guys came out with a story talking about Doug Baldwin considering retirement. Um and so then everybody wanted to talk to Pete and John because after each day of the draft they had an interview, um, and it sounds like he's leaning towards retirement. Um, they they kind of make they kind of made it sound like he was just trying to get through the uh, final steps and stuff. Although he was back training during rookie minicamp, he was in there rehabbing and stuff in the facilities, um, but. But it doesn't sound good for him so far from what I've heard. Um, And if he does retire, that's, you know, I'll I'll be sad to see him go. Uh, But he is, I think he's already the second best wide receiver in Seahawks history. Um, So, uh, I hope he comes back. I hope he can come back, but I want him to do what's best for him. So I'm going to, you know, I'll stand, I'll stand with Doug Baldwin no matter what he does. Uh, He's a beast. Put him in the ring of honor tomorrow and i'll be happy also the seventh is coming up uh, may 7th is coming up here soon and that is the day that compensation picks are locked in or compensation compensatory Com- i don't know yeah one of those things is locked in um and so you don't get a compensatory pick or yeah with uh if you sign a free agent or you lose a free agent i guess um you don't lose one. Um, so, the Seahawks had Ziggy Anza in um, in for a meeting, I think, last week. Or, yeah, last week. And um, a lot of people think he, they may, they may sa- end up signing him. He's a defensive end from the Lions. Um, and a pretty good one. But he's been injured a lot the last few years. Um, but uh, as of the 7th, he will be able to sign a contract without the Seahawks losing a pick. So a lot of people think they're waiting for that. We'll see. They also have been talking to, they've also had like been connected with Nick Perry and Earl Mitchell. Uh, Nick Perry is a linebacker, I believe for the Packers. He might, he might translate to a defensive end also um, because the Packers defense was a three, four. Um, But and then Earl Mitchell's more of a run-stopping defensive tackle. Um, but also the other guy that's a free agent that I did not remember that I wouldn't mind the Seahawks like exploring at least, and they probably already have, and we just haven't heard anything about it. But Eric Berry is still a free agent, the free safety, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, very Earl Thomas-y in a way. Or not not, I mean, not the same player, but you know uh i wouldn't mind them exploring him i don't know they have plenty of cap space now with the trade of frank clark um they are up to like i think it was like 17 million or so and then that doesn't include they're going to probably cut camp chancellor this week to uh or soon they're gonna cut him soon and save a bunch of money there. And then if Doug Baldwin retires, I mean, it just goes crazy, the the amount of cap space that they'll have. So, yeah, I just don't think it's, uh, it's not likely. So I think that's it for the Seahawks as of now. Um, but they look, I mean, it looks good. I think it's, I'm, I'm happy with this draft, how this draft turned out. So moving on to the Mariners. This one's a little less happy. Uh, the Mariners are 19 and 17, two games back in the division at, as of this moment. Uh, they are kind of treading water, I'd say. Uh, they're not really doing really good, but they're not. I mean, they're alive, I guess. <laughs> That's what I would say. They're alive, uh, but yeah, they've just been struggling. I feel like um, they they've had a, several games lately where. It was <sighs> It got real ugly, uh, ten runs and such. Um, but yeah, they're three and seven in their last ten, which isn't very good at all. Uh, still have a plus ten run differential. Um, seven and eleven at home, twelve and six on the road. Uh, they're only three and fourteen against teams over five hundred, which is actually. Kind of not surprising, but that's telling, I would say. Telling for sure. Um, so i looked at uh, some of their stats again here. And uh, they're still leading the league in home runs with 68, still leading in RBIs with 200. Uh, but they've fallen back on a lot of other categories. Um, but they also, Yeah. Falling back on a, on a lot of other categories like uh, they have 20 more strikeouts than any other team. It might even be more than that at this point. I think that was before yesterday's game. <clears throat> um, but they're still second in stolen bases, which is kind of cool. Uh, and second in walks. Uh, but their pitching has not been great. Um, they are, let's see, 18th in ERA. And have twelve more errors still than any other team, which is not a good sign, not a good thing. Um, oh, actually, that number's gone down now, so they have seven more errors than any other team. So that's good news. <clears throat> they also played four more games, I guess, than than the second place, second worst defensive team. So that's, I mean. I guess they played four more games and had seven errors in those four games. So maybe they're even with the Chicago White Sox in the air department more or less. But I think uh, they got to get better on defense. Um, I don't know, but that's just my thoughts. Uh, the Basically, in their first 15 games, their offense was batting 295 with 36 home runs, averaging 7.8 runs per game. And in the last 18 games i guess um, i guess this is previous to yesterday's game um, they are 5 and 13 with a two point with a 200, 202 batting average 24 home runs and averaging only four runs per game which accounts for you know when they when your team like the mariners and their offense is like everything um you cannot average four runs per game. So uh, just my thought on that one. You have to be more if you want to be as successful as they had shown they were going to, or they thought people started getting excited about. Um, I think there's going to be a time. I mean, I expected this, I'd say. Um, I I knew that. I mean, I, I was getting a little excited, but I, but I knew given their pitching and their defense, it wasn't going to last forever. Offense goes and comes and goes, not to say that they won't be good. They're still good offensively. They just have their days basically. Um, So I think that uh, this should, this is probably what we're going to see the rest of the year. It'd be kind of surprising not to. So uh, they're building, they're building this team for the future, not for this year. So uh, we'll see how it goes going forward, but um I think expect more of what we're seeing on the field. Um which is a little hard to watch but also can still be fun and I hope the team stays fun because it's been pretty fun so far. At least the the offense has been mostly fun to watch. Uh so I I compiled these a few days ago, so they might be just a little outdated but uh there's a couple of guys that I wanted to call out to say are doing great. Um Vogelback at the point when I re- wrote this down, uh was batting 310 with eight home runs. I think he's hit another home run at least since then. Uh 16 RBIs and 20 walks, which is pretty cool. Uh D Gordon batting 306 with 17 RBIs, which is pretty cool. He's playing some great defense. He's about the best defender the CX or the Mariners have. Um Brandon Bannon, uh, he's a reliever. He has a 1.9 ERA in 18 and a third innings. Looks pretty good. Rowenas Elias, another reliever slash he could be a starter. He was a starter before, but he isn't a starter this year. Uh, Actually been mostly a bullpen guy. 2.16 ERA in 16 innings, 4 for 4 on saves. Uh, Has looked pretty good. I would actually be not against him being the closer for them going forward um, but Marco Gonzalez he had a really terrible start this last one but before that he was 5-0 and with a 2.8 ERA um, and it's probably up a little bit now because he had a terrible start the other day but uh, he had been really good before that um, some of the guys that have been struggling um, are Beckham uh, Tim Beckham has been struggling defensively, not offensively, still doing pretty decent offensively, still making up for his errors. But he leads the league with 11. It might be actually more than that at this point. Um, yeah, I, I could look it up. But um, Mike Leake has a 4.980 RA and has been struggling a little bit. Uh, he had some good starts early on, but uh, he he's. Falling off a little bit batting uh batters are batting 306 against him now um another guy that i wanted to say is hanniger mitch Haniger. so uh i was looking at some of the stats for um mitch Haniger this year and it's pretty putrid <laughs> uh in the last 30 days um so let's see, Mitch Hanager, last thirty days batting 232 with six home runs, thirteen RBIs, uh, not good. Uh, so and even then, like when I wrote this down, he in the last week he had bad, he was batting .59, just terrible. Um, so Haniger's not been great so far. Uh, guy another one I wanted to call out was Malik Smith obviously sent down to the miners because he was struggling so much batting 165 with and had four errors he was like letting letting the his offensive struggles go out to his defensive side of the ball too so they sent him down and brought up Brayden Bishop uh, former UW um player uh yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle, but it's okay. They're going to get it figured out. They're going to, you know, it's going to be a struggle this year, I feel like. Um, but, you know, as long as they're fun to watch, that's how I feel like. I feel like as long as they're kind of fun to watch, they're scoring runs. Like, sure, there's going to be frustration because anytime you lose, there's it's frustrating. But I would like to see them um, – just like to see them keep putting up runs, keep, you know – Keeping the games close, like I will I don't like seeing these 10 nothing leads in the fifth inning. Um, or ten nothing losses, I guess, in the fifth inning. Um, so but if I look at these current stats right now, like Edwin and has been awesome, nine home runs, twenty-two RBIs. Uh still only batting two forty two, but he's a guy that I would like to see traded at some point for some prospects, as I've said for weeks. Another guy, Jay Bruce. Somehow, eight home runs, 14 RBIs, only batting 197, not good. Uh, so, not good at all. Uh, but hitting home runs, I guess. So, uh, I was also going to mention Ichiro was hired as a assistant kind of hitting coach, instructor, I guess. Um, for the Mariners uh, and supposedly we'll be working with the with the MLB team and the AAA team um, at least for this season, maybe beyond um, so that's kind of cool I guess, now you got Edgar, you got Ichiro, some of the best hitters in baseball history I'd say um, so lastly for the Mariners I was going to mention Jared Kakelnik or K- Kalenic, Kalenick, sorry. Uh the prospect the sea the Mariners traded for traded Robbins Kano and Eddie Diaz. He was part of the package that came back from the Mets. Uh, he's been killing it this year so far in the minor leagues, Double A. He's still pretty young, 18 or 19 I think. Um so he's not coming up anytime soon. Maybe in not maybe not next year, but the year after I would guess. Potentially next year, but I don't know. Um, He has been killing it so far. I think he was on the Players of the Week for minor leagues this week. Um, So, looking cool, looking good, Um, hitting the ball really well. Um, And you can still follow him on YouTube and get some cool videos that he releases um, of him training and batting practice and all that kind of stuff. So, you can look him up, Jared. Kakel, Jared Kolenic. So check it out there on YouTube. You can just go or type his name in, and I think it pops up pretty easy. Um, yeah. So moving on, m- the other bit of news that I saw um, was there supposedly there was a after one of the Warriors games um, in the playoffs one of the a reporter asked uh Kevin Durant if he he told them about a meeting uh that Seattle that was happening and in Seattle for about an NBA team um and Kevin Durant said he would support this team, right? Or wanted to bring a team back here. But then that got people wondering like what's the story? Like where, where did we hear? Like where did this come from? We, nobody knows about this meeting. So, uh, Jeff Baker of the Seattle Times kind of dove into it a bit more, and I retweeted him um, at rain at underscore Rain City Sports. Um, but he uh, he talked about how the meeting is actually from a group of. Um, I want to see NCAA or no, not NCAA. Um, it's a community group basically that is trying to put pressure on the city council, um, to vacate Occidental for Chris Hansen, um, to build an arena. Um, because there's no real negative to that. Like I've always said that, that, that Chris Hansen's like current proposal is like, he basically said, if you vacate Occidental, Um, tentative to us getting a team. We won't build this arena until we know we have a team basically. Um, And we're going to build an overpass for the, for trucks, for the port. And you know, like the, I don't know, it just seems like it's a hundred percent positive there and I don't understand why it hasn't happened already, but it's good that they're having these kind of meetings. So that, although the city council isn't isn't involved in the meeting um, still supposedly this is like a community meeting uh, group I forget what they're called but um, they are meeting basically to as a what they're not necessarily only about this but but part of their goal of this meeting is just to put pressure on the city council to vacate Occidental. So you can look up Jeff Baker on, at the Seattle Times. He has a whole story on it. And it goes in a lot more depth than I will, um, mostly due to the fact that I don't want to steal all his thunder. <laughs> He's a good guy. I've, I've actually talked to him a few times back in the day when he was covering the Mariners. Um, but uh, moving on, I'd say this that's actually maybe it for this week. But I want you guys to know that I'm sorry this took so long to get out because I have been unbelievably busy. I was out of town, obviously. And then I got back and I've just been, you know, kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So uh, sorry this took so long to get out. I'm still working on trying to get this more often. Um, I, I appreciate Matt and Ricky jumping in last week episode and uh and taken over um the easiest way for you guys to really get into the sports news um is to follow me on on twitter that's at underscore rain city sports i retweet all those things these things and i um of of like cx minicamp and uh, you know all the things that I hear or see that are basically that go into this show in the end um, most of that comes from those things and then a bunch of research outside of that but but a lot of it goes through that you just if you follow me on there you may not even have to listen to this show anymore but don't do that you should listen to the show for sure um, but yeah we're going to be getting some more shows coming hopefully um and as always go listen to you know northern state podcasting um shows uh we have the game of thrones show which is uh i forget what it's called at this moment something latter but it's about game of thrones recap of this year or this season i guess each episode as we've gone it's matt and ricky um But also then, of course, the Fairweather Friends podcast, which you hear them on here regularly, I feel like. Um, That's always on. Uh, Check out Instagram. You can check us out, Northern State Podcasting, on there. Um, Yeah. So, thanks, guys. I appreciate all you listening. I promise we're going to get better as it is right now. This one was a little bit of a jumble, but uh i had it half recorded one day and got interrupted so uh i don't know but thanks guys have an awesome week and i'll be talking to you soon i'm out